0: The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. Ham Radio 360 Podcast. YouTube sensation Survival Tech Nord. We're going outside with the radios. Stay tuned.
1: MTCradio.com presents Ham Radio 360, the podcast. Brought to you by Ellacraft. Now, here's your host, Kel Nelson, K4CDN.
0: It is another episode of Ham Radio 360, the podcast. Welcome into the program. So excited to have you here. We do this every week nowadays, and it's either the Workbench show with George and Jeremy or myself, and we just kind of play ping pong back and forth, and this week is, that's right, Ham Radio 360, the podcast. My name is Kel Nelson, and my call is kilo 4 Charlie. Delta November. If you will please indulge me for just a moment as I I celebrate with quite a bit of exuberance the fact that we just have surpassed over one half million downloads of the Ham Radio 360 show. Now this has been going on for quite some time. I mean, we're almost thirty-six months into the program, which is well—that really wasn't supposed to happen either. So that's kind of a shocker. And uh, we brought Workbench in last year at Dayton, so just right after the Hamvention, we started with the Ham uh, with the Workbench program. Sorry, and we're, we've just been growing ever since. Hamvention was tremendous for us last year regarding growth of the program, and it's coming up in just a matter of weeks. So we're really excited about it. As well as being really excited of of, of reaching the the mark of five hundred thousand plus downloads. Now, I don't say that braggingly. I don't say that to uh, try to build ourselves up or you know we're bigger than someone else. We're smaller than others. It that's not what it is. It's just a milestone here in what we're doing the podcasting thing. And, and we're just excited about it. But we know a couple of things about being here at the 500,000 plus download mark. We know that if it were not for the listener, you right now, the guy with the headphones on, you know, you, you might be on the treadmill, you may be driving in the car, you could be on the lawnmower or whatever. Uh, we know that uh, you, we wouldn't be here if you weren't listening every time we release a show. So our sincere thanks to everyone. We are totally stoked to have reached this point. Uh, we're looking forward to a half a million more downloads as we continue doing this thing. Hand Radio 360, the podcast and the Workbench show as well. So, Big thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If this is your first time, hey, welcome in. Uh, As I said, we've been downloaded over half a million times, which is pretty cool now. And uh, we do this every other week. Uh, This is the conversational type show, whereas we also have a real deep tech show that you'll find next week uh, or back on the website, hamradio360.com, in the workbench section there. So we have a lot of stuff going on here. Getting ready for hamvention and really excited about that. I got the booths over in the uh, the tent, uh, Building 6, I believe they're calling it. And well, I'm gonna to get to drive up this year so I don't have to fly. It's gonna be really cool and it's really exciting. If you can make convention, make plans to be there. If you can't, that's okay. We're going to be there. We're going to be connecting with the the movers, the shakers, and the whatnotters inside the whole convention, and we'll be sharing those things with you, hopefully on a daily basis like we did last year, just depending on what goes down at the show. That's our intent, at least as our plan. So really looking forward to that, catching up with you, catching up with some other content creators here in the ham radio sphere, and it's just going to be a great time. So be on the lookout. Uh, we got a ham venture show coming up pretty soon too, so don't miss out that. It's, it's on the way. Well, it looks like Main Trading Company has a brand new trailer this year. It won't be the 32 feet of Ham Radio Love, but it will be the 28 feet of Ham Radio Love. And they're coming all the way from Texas to Xenia, Ohio, to bring you the absolute best deals on Ham Radio gear. Now, they've got it online, right? They've got a website, mtcradio.com, that you can visit right now and get some amazing deals. If you're not going to be at Hamvention, but you're really wanting one of those ICOM IC7300s, you know, That kind of just set the world on fire Last year at Hamvention Well they've got them in stock now And they're shipping them As well as Icom repacks. So if you're looking for some Icom gear Continue to refer you to My dear friends And really they are friends I don't just say that We're buddies right Go check them out mtcradio.com Let Richard, Christine, Tammy, Stephen, Chris And Danielle know That Kel sent you Really appreciate you doing business with them Give them a call get the best deal. It's mtcradio.com. All right, so it's been just a little while for this conversation happening guys i gotta tell you i'm very excited i know you will be too uh, this is one of mine and your favorite youtube celebrities i'm saying that with the uh, air quotes flying around because uh oh, you know we'll uh, we'll put, give that to somebody julian who is oscar hotel eight sierra tango november you may know him as a survival tech nord on youtube julian thank you so much for coming into the ham radio 360 podcast
1: thank you kel it's actually a pleasure to be here
0: Man, we are excited to have you here. i got to give a big shout-out real quick to my buddy Andy, who is a KK4 uniform Charlie Grande. Uh, he first initiated me into the STN YouTube channel and was, was quite instrumental in having me uh, watch your shows when I can. Uh, and, you know, like everybody wants to know, how in the world and why in the world was it ham radio for you? How did you get here?
1: <laughs> this is going to be a long story, but... Uh... <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you quickly, it started in the 70s, actually. Um, I wasn't licensed until 1999, but the seed mm. uh, for radio was planted back in the 70s. And it happened and when I did something my mother told me not to do. Um, and she took away my television. <laughs> it was absolutely the best thing that could have happened to me in my life. Um, she took away my television and uh, she says, well, you can't watch TV anymore. And I guess what, back in those days, it was Gilligan's Island or, or whatever. But um, we actually, uh, I actually started to listen to the radio. Mm. Um, and uh, a friend of mine down the street uh, was a ham radio operator. And he noticed that I was putting up an antenna um, on my roof uh, for my AM radio back in those days. And uh, one day on my way from school, he he stopped me and he says, what are you doing up there on the roof? What are you trying to do? And I said, well, I'm putting up an antenna for my radio. And uh, actually, he gave me two old uh, general electric radios. Uh, and he says that both of these are broken, but with the parts from one or the other, you can make one working radio. Hmm. And uh, that's how it all got started. And uh, I started listening uh, you know, to ABC and uh, Canadian Broadcasting, BBC World Service, and uh, Swedish Radio, and all, all sorts of uh, shortwave uh, broadcasters around the world, just with that handset that Paul gave me. And um, of course, there was the military and career and things like that. But uh, it wasn't until 1999 when I got settled down again, about 20 years later, that I said, "Okay, now it's time to get licensed and uh, and go for it." and that's the short of it. That's how it all got started.
0: You know, it's so funny how we don't really think about, as as we're adults, I guess, we're not really thinking about uh, nieces, nephews, kids, uh, kids we come in contact with, maybe the the kid that lives next door that wants to cut our grass every week. Um, how, yeah. how we can put into these guys and gals, if we'll just slow down for just a minute and maybe see if there's a potential there. I know for me, I'll never forget, I got a set of those nine-volt walkie-talkies. Uh, years yeah. ago as a kid and my dad yeah. my dad worked for Southern Bale at the time and for some reason we took a metal trash can lid. i never I've never told this story but I've never forget never forgotten it either. We took a metal trash can lid and my dad always had what they called uh, cross connect that they use, it was a really fine, probably like a 20, 22 gauge wire, <clears throat> solid copper wire that they used at the uh, telephone office he worked in. And he always had this just laying around. And my brother and I just wound this stuff all over in like a cross pattern over the top of this uh, trash can lid, thinking that it would yep. increase our transmitting capacity for <laughs> our, you know, eighth of a watt walkie talkie that was on whatever 27 megahertz. I don't even know, but it was terrible. It didn't work, but it looked really yep. cool. And, um, it looked a lot like uh, the, the stuff they were using in, in Episode 5 of Star Wars. Back, back then we called it Empire Strikes Back. But, uh, yep. you know, planting seeds in kids, and, and we've had youth on the air uh, talking about it here with Stu- uh, with uh, sorry, Sterling. Uh, we, we've talked about all those things. We're not going to go there, but it's really cool to see how you and I both started falling in love with this radio thing when we were children. And I just hope that, that, that we'll think about how that was for us because we didn't have the technology we have now available to children. And everybody complains about their kids being on their phones all the time. Well, maybe we need to put a radio in their hand and I'm just going to leave that there. You never know what you'll wind up with when you spur some interest, just like Julian got back in here when his mom made him cut the TV off. Cool story, by the way. Um, I, I like that cause I don't like television. So that's really cool. <laughs> it's, well, uh, I
1: didn't know what she was doing. Yeah.
0: You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my mom used to lock me outside of the house because I just wanted to sit inside and read. So, she would take my books that I wanted to read and set them on the the, the stoop at the back door, and then make me go outside and lock the door. She'd lock me out of the house, and I would sit on the stoop and read books while my brother was out terrorizing the neighborhood. So, you know, we're all different. That's okay. It's uh. It's about five o'clock in the afternoon, uh, in Finland, and it's about, uh, nine o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast. So we appreciate you giving us your afternoon. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming, like I said, and we're, we're stoked to have you here. Uh, really enjoy your work on YouTube. And I didn't realize this. Uh, you know, a lot of people make, make these massive productions and have these really expensive cameras and, and, and all sorts of things. Uh, Can you share with us a little bit about what you use to create your videos? Because I thought it was intriguing and just want to let everybody know you don't have to have a studio to do something like that.
1: Well, actually, uh, I use Android. Same thing I use for ham radio. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I've got an Android tablet. Actually, I've got two of them. I've got the... uh, Google Nexus nine. That's a powerful tablet for uh, editing video and audio and things like that. And then I have a rugged tablet, a waterproof tablet. Uh, it's a Samsung galaxy, uh, active, whatever, um, that I use for ham radio now. Mm. And, uh, my camera is a, uh, is a Samsung S four, you know, uh, a smartphone and a couple of GoPros. Nice. And, uh, everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I was using a laptop, but, uh, because, you know, my whole thing is about portability, man portability. Right. And, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm hiking in Lapland, pulling, you know, the trailer or doing something like that, there's no chance that I'm going to, you know, carry a three or four kilo uh, laptop with me just to do the video. I want to have the freedom uh, and the mobility to, uh, to edit or, or to make a video with my phone right then and there or my tablet. And I share that, you know, on Instagram or on YouTube or whatever, uh, you know, with the people who watch uh, the content that I create. So that was born out of a necessity for mobility. And uh, I don't like to be tied into uh, the constraints of, uh, of iPhone or iPads. Uh, so I, I moved towards uh, Android because it was already working for me for uh, for ham radio.
0: Very good. Very good. You know, a lot of people don't realize that it, it, like I said, it doesn't take all of this stuff to make it happen. Um, and that's really cool because you're able to do what you're need, you're wanting to do and need to do with what you have and making the best use of it, which leads me to my next question. Um, what we've talked a little bit about this before, uh, but I've, I first found out about it on your site, on your page, uh, keeping up with you and what you were doing, but the, uh, the radar thing still, it's kind of – I'm not completely sold on the idea or necessarily understand everything about it, uh, but you do a lot of radar activations. Can you kind of give us a, a salesman pitch on radar?
1: Well, I do radar from the preparedness perspective, yeah? Okay. Uh, it, think of it like um, – and I hope the analogy isn't uh, putting people off – but. Think about uh, someone putting a gun to your head, giving you a QRP or uh, some other type of uh, low-power radio, and telling you to go there and make your contacts. Make five of them in whatever mode you want to, and then you'll have to move. So (laughs) it's – you know, and move uh, if you're you're hiking or or, uh, on some uh, human-powered – you know, uh, walking or hiking or in a canoe or whatever. I think it's – you have to move a kilometer. Okay. five more contacts, and do it again. So um, that's actually horrific at 65 degrees north, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, radar is all about, at least for me, mm-hmm. uh, radar is about uh, putting the gun to your head, uh, giving you the the minimal gear that uh, that is required to make the contacts that you want to make. Um, and doing that you know, in whatever conditions happen to be, whether it's raining or, uh, like a couple of weeks ago, we had this radar challenge for April. Um, uh, I mean, it was freezing rain. It was, it was cold. It was wet. And I had to, you know, fashion myself a go kit, uh, in the morning to protect my radios and, and things like that. So it's really about, you know, taking you out of the pot and throwing you into the fire, uh, <laughs> in regards to ham radio. And, uh, You know, it's pretty easy to sit comfortably in one's ham shack and say, "Okay, I'm an experienced operator. But you really don't know how experienced you are uh, until you're outside of the ham shack, out of the comfort of, uh, you know, the bosom of uh, of uh, of one's home. Right. So that's what radar is about for me. It's about, uh, you know, getting out there, getting your skills, seeing what you can achieve uh, when you have nothing, you know, you're just uh, – I, I don't know how else to say it. You, you've got nothing. You you have nothing but your skills and your wits, you know, and your radio. And uh, you put them to the test. You learn from that, and the next time around, you do it again.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's really cool, I think, uh, especially in your conditions. You know, you're out there with the dogs in the snow and – you know, I could see here in the deep south it would be mosquitoes and uh, rain and you know, bad weather. So, uh, but, but I like it. And again, guys that that are listening who who aren't interested at all in anything like that, we understand. Uh, I, I don't like to sweat, so I probably wouldn't be doing a radar activation in the middle of July. But it's it's just always intriguing to me to find out about these other types of operations that people enjoy doing. And sometimes you have to wonder, wow, do they really enjoy putting themselves there, like Stuart climbing a mountain to talk on the radio, you know, or yeah. or, or someone flying across the uh, across the Atlantic so that they can go activate an island somewhere in the middle of nowhere that's the coolest thing I think about amateur radio. And if we could figure out a way to market this thing that there, you can go here or there, or you can even stay at home and do this kind of thing. It's so broad based and it's, it makes it a really cool hobby. Uh,
1: there's a SOTA expeditions, there's radar, there's a, um, well, actually I guess what I, what I want to say is you can take ham radio and make, take or make from it, whatever you want to, Uh you know, uh, there are these guys who do these incredibly difficult summits and sota, um, and then there's guys like me who you know want to go out when it's minus ten, minus twenty, or in the freezing rain with the with radar. But the point I, I tried to make is uh, it's all about the learning. Yeah. You know, yeah. you learn so much more when you're put in this the situation which uh, most amateur radio operators would you know avoid at all costs. <laughs> You learn a lot about yourself and about your equipment and uh, how to make use of of your gear in these uh, various situations.
0: And, and gear is something we'll be talking about, I'm sure, as the call progresses. But, uh, you know, I've always just wondered, what does it take to do that? And, you know, it's just like uh, like you said, the summits are just like the islands. It's just something that uh, some people want to challenge themselves with. And what, what does a man like me do besides sit over here with my big thumbs up and say, get it, boys, y'all are doing a great job? It's uh, it's really cool to learn about all these things, and we're going to be learning more as we continue here with Julian. We'll be back in just a moment. His call is Oscar Hotel Eight Sierra Tango November. You may know him as the Survival Tech Nord on YouTube, and we're going to continue to learn about him and what he's doing online right after this. Hi, Dan KB6NU here. Whether you're studying for your tech license or looking to upgrade the general or extra. You should check out my no nonsense amateur radio license study guides. Written in my easy to understand, no nonsense style, they really are the easiest way to learn what you need to know to pass the test. And they are always up to date. The PDF version of the Technician Class Study Guide is free on my website at kb6nu.com/slash podcast, and all my study guides are available in print, PDF, Kindle, and EPUB versions. Let me help you have more fun with ham radio. Go to KB6NU.com slash podcast and get started today. We're back with Julian. We call him Survival Tech Nord around here. We love his videos on YouTube, and of course, we'll have all of those linked to his uh, his YouTube page as well as his website and whatnot in the show notes of episode, I believe this will be number 77 I think. Anyway, we'll have all of the show notes listed at hamradio360.com. I want to refer you there all the time and that's not just because uh, we want traffic on the website which is great, but everything we talk about in this program will be linked there as well as everything we've covered over the last three years and more are linked there as well. So if you're looking for something, there's a search bar. We have a podcast player. There's a workbench page. There's a link to the forums. I want to encourage you always to go back to hamradio360.com. That's where we live, and that's where you can find us. Now, we're we're, we're finished talking about us because Julian's here with us from the other side of the world, and we're having a great conversation about what he's doing in the field. Uh, And he's also creating content, which is always cool. I love these content creators because I'm one myself, and we got to stick together, right? So, Julian, tell us a little bit about uh, making content for YouTube and what kind of pushed you into wanting to become an amateur radio content creator in that sort of fashion with video.
1: Actually, Cale, uh, most of the content that I saw or a lot of the content that I saw on uh, YouTube was boring. It, it, it was informative. Mm-hmm but it was boring. It it just didn't excite me. It didn't, uh, you know, I, I sat there and I, I would watch some of this and think to myself that, uh, you know, there has to be a better way than the way that we've always done it. And uh, I thought to myself, well, you know, Let's see what we can do. And I I started off. uh, Actually, I can I even remember the first video, I believe it was uh, someone made a video called uh, get started with APRS for 30 bucks. It was something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way that it was done was just from my perspective, uh, not wrong, but uh, well, there is always a better way, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and I simply wanted to offer an alternative. And that video went viral. Mm-hmm. Now that's not the reason I got started into YouTube, but uh, it showed me that uh, people were starving uh, for a different perspective on things. And um, I mean, I have been into, uh, that, that's just one example. Uh, there was other examples from the survival perspective or preparedness uh, perspective. Uh, Lots of people promoting BioFang radios and saying, this is the best radio you need for prepping and for survival and things like that. Um, And these content creators were simply uh, promoting the idea of buying your way into preparedness. And uh, that sat extremely wrong with me because uh, – well – I simply believe that it's not about the gear you have so much. Uh, it's about the skills that you have and, uh, your ability to use that gear. Like I said, in the last segment, uh, with the gun to your head, um, you, you know, you can't just, uh, go and, and tell someone who is, you know, wants to put their life, uh, in a radio's hands. You just can't say to them, you know, that I want to use ham radio for, uh, for preparedness or for disasters or whatever. And, uh, what do I need to buy? That's that's the wrong question. You know, the question starts with the, what skills do I need? Mm. And it just kept growing and growing and growing from there.
0: <laughs> so it could be the, uh, the skill technician network instead of Survival Tech Nord.
1: Well, you know, the, the, the Survival Tech Nord is uh, – um, there's a twist behind that name. Uh, their survival aspect is it's just promoting and the old school guys will get this. It's promoting this old school survival skills or survivalism aspect. And the tech, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean ham radio. It means that, uh, you know, you're good with a soldering iron. You you know, you're good with uh, you can fix things. You you are. What do I want to say, Kel? Um you know, you can sustain your gear. You're so, I'm missing the words in English, Kelvin. Yeah, but yeah.
0: Oh, I get what you're saying. You can you can maintain and protect and keep your stuff going in in case if you have a failure. You don't have to go buy something in its place. You can fix what you that, have.
1: That's exactly what I'm what I'm trying to say. Um, so survival technology, and uh, you know we're up here in the north. So <laughs> that's the.
0: I get what you're saying about. Um, someone doing it a different way. And, uh, you know, we all have our take on everything and what what and how we like it. Um, and I didn't realize that was where your channel started. The funny thing about that is, Kel not being the YouTube guy, uh, going back to my quest for APRS, I found, I saw that original video you're talking about. And then I, <laughs> I found your reply, which was very kind and very well done. And I didn't realize that was the genesis of, of your channel. I had no idea. That was some really cool history. And, and like I said, I'm not the YouTube guy and everybody here knows it. Uh, but I did not realize that I had been there at the, uh, the birth of the channel. That is really awesome, man. So you, you do it your way and, and we all enjoy it. Um, of course there may be people that like someone better, you know, their presentation better than mine and that's okay. Cause it's a great big world and a great big hobby. Uh, but tell me when you, uh, when you decided Hey, I like this. this This video went viral. I think I could do some more of this. Um, where did you go from there? How did you decide about your topics and the things you wanted to teach about or to learn about along with your audience?
1: Well, that was easy. Uh, man, portable communications for disasters, emergencies, mm-hmm. survival, and and so on. I mean, that's that's my life. That's what I that's what I do.
0: Right?
1: Um, right. You know, uh, putting myself out there and uh well i'll give you an example uh a few what was it two years ago now i did a uh, expedition uh, to lapland uh to a specific grid square in lapland that i'd been to before but uh never hiking so i built myself a hiking trailer you know which failed you can (laughs) see that on, on youtube but uh I built myself a hiking trailer, a solar panel. I took the 817 and an Android tablet uh, with a couple of different antennas, and I went and I just activated this place. Um, and that's, again, that's that's the whole thing. I needed to uh, prove to myself that outside of the shack, away from the towers, away from the Yaggies, um, in the thick of it, I didn't know what would happen. Would it be rain? Would it be sleet? Would it be snow? I I didn't have any idea how it was going to turn out, but, um, just to get out there, uh, and show people what you can do with a minimal amount of gear.
0: You know, that's always intriguing to me because, um, that's something I've never done, even to the point where I don't have the minimal amount of gear to go out and operate. Um, because I don't have a portable rig until now. I've got the, uh, the yeah. KX2 from Elecraft that just came in a couple of weeks back. And, uh, yeah. that's kind of what I'm planning for my spring and summer this year is to go out and learn about how to operate away from the shack, away from the power supplies, away from the, the air conditioning here in the shack. So, um, you know, I I'm not the survival guy. I'm not uh, trying to go out and conquer the world on my own, but I am intrigued. Like you say, how, how how and what can I do to perform and make the gear that I have on hand work for me if I don't have the infrastructure surrounding me at all times? It's an intriguing That's, it's an intriguing kind of premise. Well, and
1: there's something behind it. Um and again goes back to these YouTube videos. Um we often make a huge. Uh, well, we should differentiate between uh, emergency communications and disaster or survival communications, yeah. Um, because, for example, in in some cases you may very well uh, be a refugee. Uh, you may uh, there may have been a tornado, for example, right. uh, or an earthquake, and uh, all of your grid tied systems are are knocked out or gone or you're foundation on your home is cracked or your home is unsafe your tower is fallen. there's a thousand different things uh, you know chemical leak for some reason you have to move so having the skills uh, to utilize uh, minimal gear in the field um, again you know in the worst of conditions um, that's what it's all about you know, that's going to show you what – that's going to show you where your skills really are. Anybody – or I don't want to say anybody, but it's possible – it's a lot easier inside a ham shack than it is uh, doing it from uh, the side of a road in a ditch. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> – that's what's behind the whole thing.
0: Yeah, that's, that's your niche that you really, really feel comfortable in, which is – probably where 80 to eighty to maybe even 90 percent of us out here uh, don't feel comfortable maybe 60 percent of us don't feel comfortable there where you are which is probably a good reason for us to get our stuff out and, and operate it in that fashion uh, you yeah. know i hear a lot about uh, disaster communications and whatnot and uh, i'm sure we'll talk about this in the next summit when we discuss gear but when when you think about uh, disaster comms are you thinking uh CW PSK31 uh RTTY uh wh- where are you at there what do you what do you use what's your favorite mode of communication when you're out with the stuff in the middle of nowhere
1: well um that's a trick question <laughs> Um, the truth is you have people who say, uh, you know, you should uh, learn CW and you should be, you know, CW for survival and mm-hmm. uh, and this and that. And, you know, digital modes, everyone knows that, uh, that digital modes are my favorite uh, operating mode. But actually, the truth is you need to be proficient in everything you need to learn cw you need to learn how to to use digital modes you need to know which digital modes are effective at lower power levels or uh you know what i mean and yeah. for example i did a video last week or uh 2 weeks ago uh where i clearly failed with my voice communications clearly because i don't practice them enough and that's uh that's a skill that will uh that you lose if you don't uh, if you don't practice, so you need to learn everything. You need to be proficient in CW, even if it's slow. You need to do it. Digital yeah. modes, voice, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not a diplomatic answer. That's the cold hard truth.
0: Right. Because because it is a very vast hobby, and it is so broad, I can understand why that makes sense to have proficiency in every fashion. Uh, even if you're not very proficient, you still need to be practicing to become proficient, I guess. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I got you. Okay. All right, we're going we're gonna to break here. We'll be back in just a moment. We're talking with Julian Survival Tech Nord from YouTube. His call is Oscar Hotel 8 Sierra Tango November, and we'll continue this on right after this here on Ham Radio 360. So, in case you missed it, Elecraft just released another amplifier, and this time, it's the beast, right? It's the Elecraft KPA 1500, 1500-watt 1500 solid-state amplifier, 160 through 6 meters. It's got a built-in antenna tuner. This thing is beautiful, as you might imagine. I mean, Elecraft is all about elegance in radio. If you need some extra power, you need to check out the brand-new Elecraft KPA 1500 That's the 1500 watt solid state amplifier, 160 through six meters. And you can find more information about it, even ordered yours as well, at elacraft.com. We're back with Julian. His call is Oscar Hotel 8, Sierra Tango, November. We call him Survival Tech Nord on YouTube and uh, having a lot of good times here with him. Finally, you know, we've worked on having him come on the program for a long time, and uh, we're really excited, Julian, to have you here. Thank you again for being with us.
1: It's my pleasure,
0: Cal. Yeah, and we're talking around the world from South Carolina to Finland. And uh, Julian just told me that he, as well, is on a hotspot, 4G-connected hotspot. So uh, we're around the world on this Internet thing through our cell phones, which is pretty cool, actually.
1: Actually, we're talking over RF, if you really think
0: about it. If you break it down, you're exactly right. There you go. (laughs) I'll, I'll put the QSL card in the mail. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, guys. Just kidding. Nobody send me any dirty emails. I'm just kidding. Hey, uh, one of the favorite segments of our listeners, and of course ours here as well, uh, with our guests, is when we can talk about gear and what they're using to implement whatever they're doing, whether they're in the shack or they're out in the field. Um, Now, if people watch your videos, of course, they know that you have a radio choice and that you have a... uh, a tablet of choice. There may be some folks here who have never watched one of your videos before, and they're curious, what does he use when he does these crazy radar expeditions in the middle of a driving snowstorm or in the sleet or something? So, Julian, we all want to know, what are you taking with you when you go out in the field?
1: You'll never believe it. <laughs> 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 Actually, um, I'm kind of a a Yezu junkie. Um, I've broken it down to the most minimal gear that I I could uh, imagine, and that's the good old Yaesu FT-817ND, and this is my third one. Um, I I was stupid enough to have uh, sold the first two um, and found myself uh, with another one. But the Yaesu FT-817ND, that's uh, my radio of choice, because uh, most of the time, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, I'm a QRP operator, um, and most people actually, I don't think they would have known that about me. I'm always working QRP, um, and there's a reason behind that. If I might just explain it, here. sure. Yeah, you know, I think that um, if you can if you can get your comms on with five watts or less then when you've got 20 watts or 50 watts or 100 watts available to you, you're a much better operator. Mm. So that's that's what's behind it, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, I would love to have a 20-watt a, a uh, FT897 or uh, one of these uh, fabulous ICOMs, but, um, of course, they're bigger and heavier and, uh, you know, more difficult to uh, power and things like that. So, yeah, I broke it down to the 817, and I'm, I'm still happy with that. But um, my next radio, <laughs> well, you could ask me about that if you want to. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I think the next radio is the KX2.
0: You'll like it. I oh, Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> it's sweet, man. It is really, really sweet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I know it's not as rugged as the eight one seven, but uh, I mean the the mobility. Mm-hmm. It's it's so small, and uh, wow, yeah. Now I know my you know many of the people who follow me are going to say you know what are you talking about, Julian? I mean, but uh, yeah, I, I need to. I don't want to get rid of the eight one seven. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I need to add the kicks to to the uh, to the arsenal.
0: It's a it's an incredibly surprisingly small but just oh uh, what's the word to use maybe elegant yeah it's it's incredible I'm looking forward to learning how to use it as well as learning how to do QRP and uh all the fun things that you do just minus the snowstorm
1: Well the, <laughs> the snow's not that bad it's the rain that kills you
0: Oh yeah, yeah I imagine <laughs> I imagine So you uh you yeah. take the 817 everywhere you go um I mean, I I think I just saw it the other day. Uh, You had it strapped on the chest rig. You were doing, uh, literally doing man portable uh, operations. Tell me about that, man, because, you know, I I grew up in the 80s and we had the G.I. Joe comic strip and everybody wanted to be breaker and and have a backpack radio. How how do you do backpacking radio with your 817? Because that just kind of that's just really cool to me.
1: Well, actually, this is something that I'm, I'm just learning uh, for the channel. So, you know, everything that you see on the channel, I learn it first <laughs> offline. Uh, if you follow on Instagram or my blogs, you would know that already people would know that um, before a video comes out. So I'm, I'm always doing the learning and I share that learning outside of YouTube. Hmm. So uh, the first test was with a, uh, a popular uh, uh, pouch. It's a, it's a sling pack. And uh, I put the eight one seven in this sling pack messenger style bag, with a uh, with a uh, battery pack, a lithium ion battery pack made from eighteen six fifty batteries. Um, and uh, I strapped the uh, super antenna MP one across the across my back with the sling, and uh, I had a drop pouch, a drop pouch, uh, you know, a magazine pouch, drop right. pouch. Uh, for the drag line so uh, you know when i was walking i just pulled the drag line out of the drop pouch threw it behind me and uh, reach over my shoulder to tune it up for uh, the band that i'm working on and uh, and uh, fire away that was the first one the second test was the one that you're talking about so i took a three-day assault pack a marine corps three-day assault pack and i mounted the uh Again, the MP one. I'm going to try all the different antennas that I have. But I put the MP one uh, on the backpack, and uh, I mounted uh, with carabiners the FT eight one seven to my uh, chest rig. Yeah, mm-hmm. between the straps on the uh, between the straps on my uh, on my pack, and uh, ran uh, what was it RG one seventeen? I guess it was. Uh, to the tuner and then uh, to the back of the antenna because it's QRP. So, uh, right. you know, it can handle that power. And uh, I took a walk out there by the sea where I usually make the videos. <laughs> and um, I made contacts with uh, Lima Zulu and 4X-Ray, uh, uh, Golf Zero, uh, Delta Lima. I forget uh, where in Germany. But, um, oh, and uh, one uh, PSK contact uh, while man portable also uh, with italy
0: now that's really yes. cool so yeah. you were using i'm assuming uh because th- we haven't gotten there yet but you were assuming you were using some sort of android device to connect to your 817 oh, to do yeah. psk
1: yeah well okay i've acquired this new android device it's a uh, samsung galaxy tab active and uh it's waterproof uh, it can stay underwater uh, what was it? A meter or two meters of water for uh, up to thirty minutes. Oh my. And uh, we've already tested it during the last radar event in the freezing rain. It doesn't freeze or uh, <laughs> die in the rain. Um, yeah, so I, I use a device that uh, many people see on the channel called a Woofy Link. And the Woofy Link is just a tiny little interface that's designed to connect your. Uh, I think he does ICOM and uh, the uh, FT series. Um, so it connects your, your portable QRP rig uh, to your Android device. You know, the Android devices, they have a TRS uh, connection, a four-pole connection with mic and speaker uh, on, on the same connector. Mm-hmm. So you need this four-pole connector. And the Woofie Link takes care of audio levels and the push-to-talk for the rig uh, through the Android device.
0: That's that's a pretty amazing little rig, and it's it's maybe the size of a pack of cigarettes.
1: It's smaller. Yeah, it's um, tiny. Yeah, it's about uh, the size of a small. Remember these wooden match boxes? Oh yeah, uh, this one's about the size of an old Hot Wheels car from the seventies. Wow, know? that's amazing. Yeah, it's small. Yeah.
0: So, so you, uh, you you just run that in line between the uh, the Android. And your 817 and your man portable PSK31 contact.
1: Sure. Or JT65 or RTTY or, uh, yeah, any of the modes that are supported on Android.
0: Now, I've never operated man portable before, so this may be just the most ridiculous question you've ever heard in your life, but I'm going to ask it in full transparency here. I have no idea. When you're operating man portable, And you begin, you you make a contact, whether it's digital or, you know, voice, uh, do you stop, do you stop walking because you've, you're right in the sweet spot of that contact? Or do you just keep plugging away and and walking up the side of the the coastline there? (laughs) Because I know the reason I asked that question is because (laughs) living way down here in the country, I can go out on the, on the grounds here and I can make a contact through the repeater or, and I can walk from the house to the barn and the guys are like, Hey, stop moving. Just stand still and talk for a minute, because it yep. you know it flutters, it goes back and forth, picket fence or whatever we want to call it. Is it the same yep. way when you're manpack portable operating HF?
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> and the reason I'm I'm laughing uh, about this is because the operator from Lima Zulu said, "What is that crunching sound uh, uh, <laughs> behind your voice?" And I'm thinking to myself, you know, what the heck is he talking about? Right. What crunching? Sound? And I realize it was the snow. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, I don't, uh, I do stop now when I make a contact, not with PSK, right? Because they'll never know. Uh, they never hear the, uh, the ambient noise. Yeah. Uh, they, they only hear the, the audio from the tablet, but with, with the phone and with the CW, uh, I just totally failed. Uh, with that one, it, uh, there Operator fatigue. There was too many tasks that uh, I had to focus on. So uh, I think uh, for the time <laughs> being, to like uh, sit down and uh, stop, stop, sit down and uh, operate, and then mm-hmm. get on again. Yeah,
0: excellent. Well, you know that's just something that, that came to me there. Thank you for for answering that. Uh, what seemed to be ridiculous question, but I guess it did have merit. <laughs> Oh uh, so you've got the active tabs. I've noticed that some of the things that you do, you, you actually utilize like a what we would call here a burner phone, something that you'd buy very inexpensively. Android load up some software on it and, and it, it works with either your handy talkie or your HF rig.
1: Yeah, well, okay, you have to be careful. Uh, there are some cheap phones that you can use. Um the the main requirement is that four pole connection i talked about a little while ago okay yeah because uh, lots of these uh, cheap burner phones um, or tablets they have uh, just an external microphone
0: Mm.
1: uh, and a speaker output they don't have a speaker input i got you so that's really the only requirement is that you have a speaker in and out on that trrs
0: connection is there any way to determine that? Uh, have you found a cheat to, to get around to say, hey, this one does, this one doesn't, uh, don't use this one, try that one kind of a thing? Is there any any way we can f- determine that, find that out?
1: Well, I tried that back in the day. Uh, was it last year? But uh, unfortunately, our friends uh, in Southeast Asia, they put out so many different phones <laughs> that they never keep up with it.
0: So, so you, you found very good success with the Samsung products, which most everyone would expect, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, I'm using the Samsung uh, Galaxy uh, S4, which is uh, quite a few years old now. And uh, it also worked with the Samsung Galaxy uh, Tab series, the Note series, I have that one as well, and the Nexus 9, and now this... uh, The Nexus 9 from Google, and now the Samsung Galaxy Tab Active, which also isn't a a new uh, tablet. But um, for the most part, yes, the... uh, uh, Samsung, Google Nexus, HTC. Uh, what's this? I don't know how to pronounce this new Chinese company. That's a uh, Huawei or whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah I don't know how to say that either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it, you know?
0: Uh, but,
1: uh, so far I've tested those and, and they've been pretty good. But the thing that we have to remember is that most people are carrying a mobile phone or tablet of some sort anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know you don't have to to use a different phone or tablet for uh for ham radio i mean uh, i'm talking to you actually on my the ham radio i mean the the tablet that i use for the ham radio for ham radio i'm talking to you on that right now
0: nice nice and and one of the things that that we kind of failed to remember here is that especially as an Android user, these things are out there. that are very easy to get a hold of, to get installed on your device. Uh, What are some of your favorite softwares that you have or apps? I guess we have to call them since it's on the phone. What are your, what are some of your favorite apps? Droid PSK. (laughs) (laughs) Raise your hand if you don't have that installed. Oh yeah. There's, there's nobody that doesn't have that one installed. That is a great app.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Droid PSK. And then, um, I would have to say APR's Droid.
0: Mm-hmm. Another good one.
1: Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm a little bit disappointed with this third one uh, because it's not being actively developed, but it's uh, and FLMSG. So the FLDG Android
0: variant. Yeah, that kind of uh, came and went real quick, didn't it? Yeah.
1: And, uh, well, you know, <laughs> what can I say? Uh Actually, if you don't mind, is it possible to talk a little bit about Android and ham radio?
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I'd
1: like to just throw this out there that, um, you know, we have excellent tools on uh, on Windows and on Linux, and uh, I believe even on, uh, on uh, Mac OS or whatever it's called these days. But uh, one thing that people forget is Android is actually – the most portable operating system that we have today. And uh, not de- actively developing uh, ham radio apps for, uh, uh, for Android is almost blasphemy. Android OS, we need to, to get people to, we need to get developers to actively develop for Android OS. And we need to convince ham radio operators that everything shouldn't be free that it's absolutely okay for a developer to charge 5 or or 10 bucks for an app uh which you know otherwise wouldn't uh, we wouldn't have the mobility that that app affords us right um, so um i i'm really pushing hard for developers to to uh to create new apps for android and uh well let's see how it goes
0: yeah well you know there's a lot of um And I understand the numbers because as an Android guy, I don't think a whole lot about the Apple user because I'm not an Apple user. Uh, You go and look at the stats for the podcast, it's a 26 to 1 Apple user versus an Android user. Uh, And and that's quite a jump, you know, Uh, but at the same time, uh, there's a lot of guys out there who are using Android tablets to operate particular things with their amateur radio gear because of the uh, push to talk and the Bluetooth connection as well that, that, you know, that Apple doesn't afford. Um, And not only that, you have people who are using the, uh, the, the cheaper windows tablets to, to utilize the full FL Digi software. So there's a lot out there to be done. And like you say, you know we have to be able to invest back into our hobby, and that's right you know not like i don't I don't understand we have this mentality that's just getting stronger and stronger every day, where everything has to be free, and you know it doesn't matter that it costs the man uh you know six hundred hours to develop this app uh, we still want it for nothing so uh here here. And I would do the same yeah. to encourage uh, further development as well. Because, yeah, I'm an Android user, but at the same time, like I said, it's, it's very easy to use. Uh, you don't have all the red tape that you have to go through to create an iOS app and get it in, you know, approved by them. You can just yeah. go out and make it work. So, uh, very good points. Very good points.
1: Hmm. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Hey, we're going to break right here, but we're going to come back, and we're going to chat with Julian some more about being the Survival Tech Nord on YouTube as well as operating outdoors in the midst of the raging storm way up north. Back in a few minutes here (laughs) on Ham Radio 360 Podcast. Last year, the world was shocked when we got these really nice one-sheet flyers at Hamvention from Kenwood. It was teasing us about the DH-74 Tri-Band, D-Star, APRS-enabled handy talkie. Now, I can be very honest with you to tell you, I know nothing about what's going to happen this year at Hamvention with Kenwood. But I can tell you this, if they release a great product and you're looking for someone to buy it from, my friend's main trading company, mtcradio.com, has everything from Kenwood at the best prices online. Give them a call today, mtcradio.com. And we're, uh, we're back with Julian here on the Ham Radio 360 podcast. Again, make sure you visit hamradio360.com to check out all the show notes as well as mentions and probably some video links there as well. Julian is a YouTube content provider and we're really appreciative of that. Uh, I, I really cannot wait till, uh, they get the, the lines down here so I can watch YouTube a lot more often from the comforts of my own home than I do now. But, uh, creating content is one thing. But you also have a passion about sharing with others the realities of utilizing what you have, and not only just using what you have, but knowing how to use what you have. And uh, I think that's one of the, the driving forces behind what you're doing, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, Julian.
1: Absolutely, Kel. Um, You know, a lot of people ask me, you know, what radio should I get? And, uh, you know, they're, they're always concerned about the gear. Mm-hmm. And the gear is cool, the gear is fun and everything, but I'm always trying to to stress the fact that we need to focus on the skills. So whether you have, uh, you know, the Yezu FTX uh, 1000 MP or uh, uh, or if you have a Yezu FT817 or the KX2, no matter what you have, you need to be able to be proficient with it. You need to be proficient with it. You need to develop your skills and know how to communicate because at the end of the day uh, ham radio exists for emergency communications, mm. whether we like it or not, regardless of what we do, we're here as the backbone of emergency communications. If the need arises for us to do so.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and even to the point where, um, you know, if you, if you, if all you have is a $25 walkie talkie handy talkie, I always say it wrong and that offends people. I'm not trying to, by the way. Um, Knowing how to program it without, you know, the manual or without a programming cable. It's something as simple as that. It doesn't have to be, you know, dragging your gear out in the middle of a snowstorm or a tornado. Knowing what you have and knowing how to be able to manipulate it if you have to.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah.
0: And I'm guilty of that as well. I mean, I'm, I'm not the, you know, the squirrel chasing guy who buys every new shiny. Uh, but at the same time I do rely a lot on my programming cables (laughs) and having my manuals. I mean, I keep the manuals. If I have a mobile radio in the vehicle, then I have a manual with me, um, in the mobile. And, you know, um, some people call that lazy. Other people call it prepared or smart. I don't know which one you want to call it, but, um, Still, there's nothing like knowing how to go in your rig, programming a new frequency, uh, selecting the correct repeater offset, and putting the right tone in it without having to look in your book.
1: That's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, some of the things that you've learned, I mean, you've been licensed for almost 20 years now. Some of the things that you've learned that uh, you want to share with a new ham or maybe somebody just kind of uh, maybe getting the itch to try this portable stuff in your 20 years of experience and of course, your life experiences that back that up as well. What are some of the most important things you could share with somebody?
1: Hmm. <laughs> I didn't see that coming, Kale.
0: <laughs> I get that's why I get paid uh, the big bucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about this for sure. a moment. And uh, the most important thing that I could share with anyone just getting into, especially young people, just getting into amateur radio is uh, don't worry about buying thousands and thousands of uh, dollars or euros or Canadian dollars or pesos worth of gear. (laughs) Um, Find your passion, get the gear that you can afford, and just work with it. If I buy a radio, I might keep that radio for 10 years, 15 years, you know, Even if there's a better radio on the market, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to get rid of the old gear. So just get out there and try it with what you have. If that's your $25 uh, radio or uh, your $500 radio or whatever you can afford, just get out there and do it. And never mind what these people say, oh, you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way. I mean, you can look at my logbook. And uh, <laughs> you can clearly see that uh, although I'm told every day I'm doing something wrong, well, apparently I'm doing something right, <laughs> because my logbook book uh, disputes those uh, theories or facts, however you want to say it. So just get out there and do what you need to do uh, with the gear that you have. And don't worry about pleasing other people or doing things right or doing things, you know, wrong. Uh do them your way within the rules of amateur radio, and uh, that's that's the best way to learn, you know. You don't uh, learn from watching or listening to other people tell you not to do something some certain way.
0: <laughs> you know, I think you made a very good point there, especially coming into the hobby as a new guy. Everyone uh, wants to encourage you to get hurry up and get on HF. Get your general or your upgrade licenses so you can get on HF. and. Yep. Uh, it, that, that that's a lot of fun there there is a lot of uh credence to that argument but at the same time there may be someone who is just strictly 100 percent interested in chasing storms or following the bad weather or maybe having yeah. a means of communications between his son and himself locally through a repeater yeah. system uh i think you nailed it find out what you're in here for it. and it's going to change too because when i got into got into ham radio i wanted hf capabilities to utilize near vertical instant sky wave to be able to talk yep. to people up and down these coasts now i'm i'm really interested in this aprs thing uh digital modes and uh you know doing some Arden stuff like that so it's it's going to be fluid. So don't just kind of invest yourself in one place. Um, Make make sure you're kind of, you're looking at everything because it is so big and there's so much out there. You might get to the point where you just want to control your drone with your amateur radio privileges. Who knows? It's
1: true. That's true. I'll tell you something. When I started uh, my ham radio career, uh, I was into VHF and SHF communications. So uh, I mean, my tower is still set up for, uh, for weak signal work on VHF. Hmm. And, uh, I, I mean, uh, I had no interest in HF communications at that time. Right. Um, simply, well, most of the time, because, uh, usually because, uh, people kept telling me that I need to get on HF <laughs> and, uh, well, that may have been true, but, uh, I wanted to push the limits. I wanted the technical challenge, um, you know, I, I have a telephone. I didn't uh, want to, uh, you know, I didn't want it to be too easily uh, building an amplifier and building my yagis and uh, uh, getting a 40-foot, uh, I, mean, I mean, a 40-meter tower or, you know. Yeah. I wanted the technical challenge of weak signal work on VHF. Hmm. And uh, later on, that evolved. Now I'm doing weak signal work on HF and, uh, you know.
0: Yeah, walking around yeah. with stuff in your backpack, crunching in the snow, talking to uh, Germany.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: Which is really cool. I, I think that was uh, one of the highlights of uh, the conversation here. Is learning how you're going out and making making do with what you have, and even limiting yourself. Um, like you said, you, you're not buying every every brand new rig that hits the market. Uh, the, the rig your rig of choice currently has been around for quite some time. A lot of people yeah. discount it because there's later model rigs, but you're proving uh, that by using what you have and making the best of what you have, that's what you need. And to me I think yeah. I think we could all learn from that and I don't remember when society changed. It had to be in the 90s sometime because it was between uh, being a kid and, and supposed to be in a man here. And things started to change. You know, my parents bought their first washing machine when they got married, and it was still going when I graduated high school. You know, now we just buy a new one every five years because we have to. It used to be, hey, our products are great, and we're going to make them last till you die. And now the the slogan is, our products are great, and here's a brand new one that you need to buy to replace the one you bought yesterday. So I I like your perspective there. I think it makes sense, especially in this hobby when everyone appears to be so frugal.
1: I don't want uh, cheap. I want uh, quality, right? And that's that's one of the things that drives it. Uh, you know, if the very first thing you look at is the price of the equipment you want to buy, then how will you ever know that that equipment uh, meets your requirements?
0: Yeah, you that, know, that's a, that's a very good question to ask because, and you know, as great as the the low cost handhelds are for being a, like an introduction. To the amateur hobby for a lot of people, um yeah. at the same time, I think that kind of spoils the view of what amateur radio is because not everything costs twenty five dollars um That's right. and it's quite shocking to some people when they realize, well, this you know h f rig is thirteen hundred dollars. I could buy you know two hundred and twenty three different bow things for that, but uh it's all about what you're looking to get out of the hobby i mean you don't go and buy a a two wheel drive pickup truck. Uh, with a five-speed manual transmission, uh, if if you have, let's say, one leg and you live in Finland, you need a four-wheel drive. And if you only have one leg, you probably need an automatic. I, I'm not knocking people with one leg. I'm just trying to make an example here. If you need to buy the gear, that's going to fit what you're looking to do in the end. That's right. Yeah. I don't know where the one-legged thing came from. <laughs> i couldn't figure out why a man wouldn't need a five-speed because i love i love changing gears and, and my wife absolutely abhors it that's okay uh julian Man, it's it's been it's been really cool to have you here and thank you for kind of getting out of your comfort zone standing behind the camera shooting those great videos you make for us as we all continue to learn about uh, ham radio through your survival tech nord channel can you real quick just give us the address to your channel so that we can get there easily if we don't want to wait to go back to the show notes
1: Yep, youtube.com, stroke, user, stroke, survival tech EU. So, survival tech echo uniform.
0: Excellent, excellent. And we'll, again, we'll have all these links. Uh, I will ask Julian to uh, forward some really cool stuff after we get off the call here. But, uh, man, thank you. I know it's probably getting to be supper time or maybe dinner, if you call it that, in Finland uh, over that way. And um, we just appreciate you having come on with us and, and sharing some of your experiences with us and, and hope to have you back on again.
1: Actually, I've had a blast, Kale. I really
0: have. It's always fun on this show, man. We have a good time no matter who it is and, and what we're talking about. But uh, learning about what others are doing in the hobby is really what we're, what we're focused on here. And, and you've definitely got a cool perspective. And thank you for sharing it with us.
1: Thank you, Cale.
0: I am so excited to have made that call. I mean, I have really, really been on Julian about getting on the show. You know, he's a video guy, he's not really an audio guy, which is kind of funny because for me, the video is something that I'm like, uh, not interested in. He loves the video. So thank you so much, Julian. Really appreciate you being here, man. All the knowledge you shared with us. I want to again, encourage you to check out his YouTube channel. We'll have it linked there in the show notes, as well as as much as I can get into the show notes about the things that we discussed want to encourage you as well to get out and get on the air. You know, springtime's coming. We've had some crazy weather in the nation over the last week. I mean, blizzard conditions in the Midwest flyover country, tornadoes in, T- in Texas, and it's just been raining kind of weird around here in the deep south. So stay aware of what's going on. Keep your HTS charged, right, so you can have your handies if you need them. And, and maybe, maybe start paying a little more attention to the weather if that's not your thing, because it may come to the point that you can help somebody with your ham radios and weather alert, right? So stay safe and stay tuned because we have a lot more great programming coming your way. Jeremy and George will be net back next week And it might be The flea market show for Hamvention I'm not sure yet, but I want to tease it a little bit Because we're our Hamvention shows are coming right as we get ready to go Together From California, Ohio, and the Deep South Here in South Carolina To converge with you and all of our other amateur radio friends There at the new location In Xenia for Hamvention It's going to be cool, I'm totally stoked about it And cannot wait to get to see you Alright Anyway, hey, don't forget T-shirts are available If you're looking for one And uh, they're on the website HamRadio360.com I'm out of here God bless everyone Thank you so much for listening 73, y'all
1: Thank you for listening To the Ham Radio 360 podcast Brought to you by Maine Trading Company Paris, Texas And by Ellacraft.com Hands-on Ham Radio To learn more about the show Visit our website HamRadio360.com 73, y'all
0: Yeah, so uh, everybody liked the uh, the post show comments, and and it was kind of funny. Honestly, uh, I am I, I am totally unaware of this, but our Canadian friends. They must not have a lot of a lot of love coming their way because I heard from more of my Canadian ham friends this time than I've ever heard in almost three years of podcasting. Seriously, I did. I got a lot of notes, and thank you for all of them. It was really cool to hear from you, and just really stoked that you guys up there enjoying the show. Now I know it's just not Canadians that listen to the program as well. We have people all over the world who have uh, called in, sent emails back in the past. You know, I've, I've shipped these antenna analyzer boards all over the world, literally. And by the time this airs, they may be out of stock again. And if so, I know George is bringing some to Hamvention. And uh, so don't sweat. We're not, we're not going to quit making them. They're just, they're, the diodes are getting hard to find. But that's not what this is about. This time is your time. And I want to come up here and say thank you very much to Brian. Whiskey 4, Bravo Romeo Yankee for your, your note there and email. Larry, Larry is one of our Canadian friends that came in here. Uh, Victor Alpha 3, Lima Hotel X-Ray. Thank you, Larry. We have Rod, Victor Echo 3, Romeo Hotel Fox, and his daughter. Congratulations, by the way, Emma. Hey, by the, and by the way, Emma was also featured on a past episode of Ham Nation, which is really, really awesome. You know, they haven't, haven't even asked me to come on Wow. Thanks. Uh, Emma, congratulations on your ticket and being on Ham Nation. Her call is Victor Echo 3, Echo Hotel Tango. And then Ed came in with an email. Thank you so much, Ed, for your note. Uh, Delta Delta 5 Lima Papa. Ed said, hey, man, uh, it's not called RMS Express anymore. It's called Windlink Express. And sure enough, it is. I guess we're still used to calling it. RMS Express. So I guess maybe there it's kind of a uh, there, there may be transitioning the title of the program. There uh, he, he had some great comments on the program that uh, that we did. Uh, about Brett and I did about the Winlink stuff. So I've I've been watching some forums and I've seen a lot of action pick up, uh, people talking about Winlink since that last program. So I know that you guys had to enjoy it because you're out there doing it. So thank you so much again, really sincerely. Uh, I I just appreciate you and, and dig you guys listening to our program. It makes it worthwhile for us to sit here behind these microphones to do the Skype calls, to do the post-production to get it all done and get it out there for you. We sincerely appreciate you. We think about you and just hope you guys have an awesome day, right? God bless you. I'll see you next time. 73 y'all.